Moo, and hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pink Tron. I am Brent Robinson, and with me today is Maryline DeVlager. Maryline, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm boring again. I've got tea. Tea? Fair enough. Fair enough. And with me also is Chris Greenland. Chris, what are you drinking? Um, Hang on. i got to see if my kid is trying to say goodbye. Oh, no, we're good for a second. Um, <laughs> now this is the reality of our lives here on the Pink Tron. A um, couple of things in play. So this past week, my children decided they were sharing a room up until now. They're 11 and 9, two girls. They decided they each wanted their own room heading into um, school starting again this fall. So long story short, I had to move my office into a different room of the house, finding a lot of um, liquor bottles stashed in various nooks and crannies of my, for those who don't know, I sell booze. I'm not just a raging alcoholic. Like this is what I do for a living. Um, so I'm digging out of all these like nooks and crannies and underneath tables, like different uh, bottles of different spirits. And I found this one sticking with uh, the theme of Scotland and Scotch whiskey that we started last week. I found this um, blend of Shivas that I mixed when I was over in Scotland. I'm like, I totally forgot about this. This is like five years ago when I was over there. So I'm drinking that for the first time ever, I think. I think the key to that whole thing was not just a raging alcoholic. <laughs> With us also is <laughs> Sean Fogenberg. Sean, what are you drinking? Uh, somewhere between boring and not. Uh, I've got a non-alcoholic aperitif, but it's uh, it's called Gia. Um, it's a lime and salt, uh, kind of bitter, like yeah, tastes like a like a bit of a. It's like a cocktail, but it's not right. Like a. Bitter aperitif. There you huh. go. I think I feel like he would have had that one at some point before. But yeah. in any event, I am boring Brent. I have a grapefruit bubbly. Um, but I'll say on the weekend or when I was on holidays last week, we, we found these drinks called straight and narrow can gin drinks, and they were very nice. They were not too sweet, just the right amount of flavor. Very good. Do recommend. So nice. So, yeah, they came with a London dried gin. And speaking of London, this week's HSRL was six nice. <laughs> laps of London Classic with the timed segment through just the Classic forward sprint direction. Right? It's forward sprint? Right? From the Flammer. I think gin. it's backwards on the oh, it's reverse, reverse on, on Swift Power, but forward in the game or something. Whatever it is, it's the downhill one where you uh, come on. onto the red road and quickly hit the sprint and then go up and do the right. uh, hairpin. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's like Flam Rouge, Emerald Arch, Sprint, go. And Chris Greenland raced race one today in the sandbagging seas. Chris, oh. how did race one go? <laughs> well, can we all just take a moment and appreciate your segue from London Dry Gin into <laughs> London Classic? I don't think, man, whatever they're paying you here, Brent, it is not enough. Good for you. Uh, That's the kind of professionalism you get here. Um, I really appreciate you drawing everyone's attention to that slick segue, <laughs> honestly. It makes it so much better. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Once we're done here, you can take the rest of the day off. You earned it. Um, great. <laughs> race one uh it's exactly what you'd think right it's uh six laps it's just going around in circles you got the one little hill uh coming back up to the to get you back onto the mall level um it's it's very much sprint sit in repeat um at least i, I think these races are all going to be dynamic depending on how many people in the pen and in the race have read the race description and know what they're doing uh, and know to fight for the sprints because we had, at least in the seas, the sandbagging seas, we had uh, six or eight of us that actually knew what we were doing and how we were being scored. And the rest um, was essentially a Coco Cadence uh, pace partner group that you could latch back onto after you um, stuffed your lungs back down your throat each time. So it was like they're uh, full on, like the six or eight, you just fought for the very back of the group to see who could get the furthest back before you started to have to sprint to get back up to speed again. 
Oh, there was no way I was fighting Kev Walsh, who can dangle by 10 seconds and then blast oh. it at 15 watts per kilo and catch back on. Like, I don't have that fast twitch to be able to make up that ground. So I'll just dangle a little bit and then push through gently, take my fifth place and um, try to recover. But yeah, there were definitely, once you get to the Flamme Rouge, the people start drifting back and the numbers drop. You, you try to fight for a position on the rear. Yeah, because you usually, in my experience on that one, when you hit the arch, you pretty much got to start sending it pretty close to there. Because if you wait too late, it's too short a sprint to get up to speed by the start, especially in HSRL when it's time through. Yeah, again, like we could afford to do that. We could afford to wait in ours. At least I could, because it's the difference between, you know, I could save an extra hundred meters of going all out and really not lose any positions because the rest of the group was not necessarily fighting for that sprint. Like I was going to lose to the other four or five riders anyway, might as well just pack it in. And um, it let me save a little bit of my match for laps five and six, where I was able to creep up a little bit further on the, on the points classification for like lap five sprint or lap, lap six sprint, where I would have been dead otherwise. So it just depends on how it's going. And then in turn, because we are doing multi-laps, right? You're going to have different category groups either Oh yeah, you're catching them or they're coming on you. And uh, we found the bees in lap um, lap six that we all came together going up the hill. So that was a major split point if you could stick in um, with that B group as they as they went up the hill. Do I want right? Her? Uh, Hang on, I'm getting I'm getting a dog handed to me. Get away. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that is a good point. So bees came through this seas and then. So let me see so you'd have to kind of hammer it up the hill, hold the bees till you get to like the finish line. So yeah, that's a good tip to everyone to be watching out. And if you can get on the discord, chat to some other people and see what's going on. So you can hear like where groups might be coming through. Cause that, that does change a race a lot. Yeah. And watch, watch a map in companion to see if there's uh, groups that's coming from, they're coming from, from the back also. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like the uh, the times are going to be around an hour total. Yeah, it's almost forty k, yep. so that's pretty yeah, much it's it. one one of the longer ones for this season. Uh, mainly because I thought five laps would be it's it's annoying because you can't really uh, divide the one third and two thirds of the points. So mm. I made it six laps, which. It's maybe a little bit longer, but yeah, it's not too long, I hope. So I guess we should all be fit, right? <laughs> That's how that works. Here's to that. Yeah, it felt like a good I... distance. And then with, um, and we'll talk about this later, but uh, PD 4.1, I could definitely tell after our conversation last week, Sean, about the average pack speed coming down a little bit where... Mm like in races past that bunch would have been going low 40s and we were topping out at like high 30s now like 37 38 instead of like 42 with no one pushing yeah very noticeable yep so like, it's going to be uh <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if uh i think the the festive 500 is going to be a little bit more difficult maybe for everybody yeah <laughs> a little bit more time involved to hit that Yeah, interesting. I might have to. I did a race on McCurry, which would have had four point one this week. I didn't. There was it was a ladder, so it was a lot smaller group, and there was a lot of other stuff going on to be able to watch the speeds, frankly. But yeah, which like let's be honest, that's a way more realistic. Like nobody's going over forty on you know under two hundred watts in the pack. Like that's just not real <laughs> in in reality at all. So that's good. 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 Well, bike choice, Bolero. 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 Yeah. Yep. And I guess that's the thing you got. We should just remind, I guess, for people who are listening to this who might be new to the herd and are listening to this, if you're doing HSRL, it is time through the segments that counts. So it's not first over the line at the sprint. It's not anything else. Like, well, the finish points counts for a third, but otherwise, all the other points in the race are your time through the segment. In this case, it's just the one sprint segment that you got to get your time through it, which is why we're talking about, you know, going to the back, racing through the group, all that kind of fun. Yeah. Tactics. And, and just, just to put it out there, the times are in the 
10 to 15 second range for the sprint. Uh, it's short enough that your speed going into the sprint is going to mostly determine your uh, your time for the segment. Um, so you are going to want so starting at the back and sprinting before you get to the the sprint line is is what's going to get you the fastest time. Yeah, I think you'll like in my. I think the best advice I could give about that is you'll probably want to hit your top like tower in the first third of the sprint basically right so you're gonna want to like kind of ramp up and then have your like max max power right sort of in that first third of the sprint distance and then just try and hold on to as long as you can to the line <laughs> and that should maintain the speed through good um yeah we said bike choice full arrow that's about all there is to say about hsrl i guess the, uh, the we can note that like I, maybe i now I'm going to be, I apologize. Did you guys talk about the recategorization for race one last week? We're back to, these are like the Zwift cat enforcement cats, right? We're not doing ZMAP or anything. Oh, I'm not sure if we did. Maybe Mary Lyon can explain it. Yeah, what yeah, we're doing this week. <laughs> we're, we're back to the, the normal classic CE cats. So A, B, C, D. And I don't know exactly what are, uh, what what the limits are at at, at this point, but um, whatever Swift tells you where you can sign up, sign up there. And yeah. and now Marjolein will get less people complaining to her. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't too bad uh, yeah. with uh, with the others. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The thresholds are a little higher than they used to be. I think. I think, like for example, bees can go up to like a ninety five percent of. 20 minutes as high as like 4.2 and stick in the bees used to be 4.0 yeah, even even more i think i've seen some bees at 4.3 4.4 even 95 percent of 20 no no not 95 percent, but 95 uh, percent of 20, 20 isn't isn't uh taken into account anymore oh it's just your 20 minute okay yeah well so it depends it's on, depends well yeah. on your, your zfd the model yeah yeah, yeah. yeah right 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 so yeah it'll it'll feel like the b the top end b's are higher than they used to be it'll feel like the top end c's are higher than they used to be so like bottom b's will be pushed down to see no i think the cd one stayed a little closer is my recollection yeah, they, but... they lifted the the limits with i think it was 15 or 20 percent so uh, the the difference in in the A limits is a little bit more because of that than the D limits. Right. There it will be go. interesting to see what that means for uh, ZRL teams, like whether these races, like at the in this like C one B one categories, are faster, or if they're still using the old categorization or what they're doing. It'll all be very interesting because I think they're using racing score. Oh. So who knows? We'll, we'll Which... see. Yeah, yeah. Are they, the racing score isn't. Yeah, no one has any. If you haven't done no. any of those races. If you haven't, yeah. I we'll can see. only. I, I'm sure I saw a post in WTL group that said they will be incorporating racing score into the categorization this year. So. Huh. Right along uh, maybe la maybe later points. in the later in the year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway, well, I mean, if they put, I mean, I guess the thing is, is whether they're going to put like your ZRL races into racing score, right? That'll be part of the interesting part of all that, especially if you've got TTTs and stuff, which kind of mess with it. But yeah, and in that case, if you do, if you, if you constantly win in ZRL races, you should get promoted to a higher category so that yep. would help with uh with the sandbagging it would indeed no one no not that anyone ever do that for zrl no <laughs> i think that rings us so everyone have fun at hsrl this weekend get out and you know drink some dry gin while you race around london or afterwards probably would be a better idea frankly <laughs> That brings us to herd beginner racing this weekend is 
the two bridges loop. It is. Yeah, so that's one the lap for fourteen point six. Two laps. Uh, two laps. Yeah. So that's the the course that you head out, uh, go through the uh, the S's, do that little punch up and over, come back down and around, and do the first part of the KOM reverse. But you do the bypass, so you, it's only the hard part of the climb. <laughs> uh and then yeah bypass down and uh finish um back downtown right uh, two laps of that right 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 so um so yeah so herd beginner racing is our d cat only broken down into smaller categories it is a scratch race so it's try to get across the line at the end the fastest um Certainly, in terms of break points, that that in a D race for sure, that start of the KOM reverse will be a break point. So be ready to turn on the gas when you get there. You'll see some weird statues on the hill with little bike guys. If you see those in the hills going up, be ready because it, it, the that is definitely a break point. Before that, I don't really see anything that would break it up yeah there's just before the sprint there's a oh yeah uh, this, just before the lab banner the i think for this or that's true that's true the the little rise right before the sprint could break them yeah, before up. you go downhill to the sprint yeah yeah that's a good attack point mm -hmm. and i would say though if if you if you do find yourself in the back at that one to stay on the power because it it goes downhill and then it goes flat, and there's kind of a little upward rise. And I, I've seen lots of people catch back on there after getting dropped right before the sprint. So don't don't give up there and sit back into the pack. Try and push up into the next group if you can. So it'll definitely be worth it later on in the race. Yeah. So uh, bike for that one, I think, is Tron is fine. Arrows, probably Tron is a better choice with those two climbs in it for beginner racers. If you got it. Um, all rounder and your fastest all round stuff. If you got like Canyon Air Road or something like that with like DT Swiss 62 is very good choice. Anything in that type of range. Best all round road bike. I wouldn't take anything climbing specific. That's you're going to be giving up too much uh, late in the race. Too much downhill in the race, too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right. I think that brings us to. Climber's Gambit, Chris? Yeah, let me just check my notes to see what I have us doing this week. Oh, we're in Richmond. Okay. Yep. Um, Sean, this is your one. Your, this is your race. We are doing seven and a half K of the Richmond Cobbled Climbs course, which takes us to Libby, up and over Libby, followed immediately by the 23rd Street Uphill Sprint. Yeah. Combined uh, times for both. Uh, should be a quick race, very fast. Good luck, everybody. What do you think about doing uh, HSRL right after this? <laughs> doing the double with the, uh, with you know, two all-out efforts and then wait, you know, 45 minutes and do six more sprints. I think you've got enough rest in between that this would just serve as a very effective warm up for you, yeah. Sean. Yeah, or you do the um, Libby Hill first and then hit the brakes, wait for a bit, recover, and then to no, no, do don't do third. that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, Chris, what's yeah. the what's the uh, what's the thought on that? <clears throat> um, I would just go at it in uh, in one giant brush stroke. I think that's like do you think that's faster or do you think that's just don't be a jerk i'm i'm uh, i mean as long as you're not waiting an hour if you're not taking yeah, a nap yeah. and having a massage in between i don't think it's any real competitive advantage um uh, if you if you still have to make it to hsrl 45 minutes later yeah you you want to yeah. have that recovery yeah. time in there 
I'm a big fan of just getting things done with quite honestly. Um, you know, perfect is the enemy of complete. So just, just <laughs> get it, get it in, get it done, get it over with, get it in the books and move on with your life. Well, and it is a bit like, you gotta be a bit careful about where you stop. Cause if you go down the hill, you're not going to get your time through there. There's no way well, to you, make, make that if, up. If you do, it's you want to, uh, if, if you've got the play controllers, hit the brakes just after the Libby banner. Mm -hmm. And then you have enough space <clears throat> for the next uh, segment to hit the power and, and uh, use a downhill to gain speed. Yeah. And this is, is a, this one. Oh, go ahead, Brent. Well, actually, this is a no draft. Um, time combined time through the two climb segments of Libby Hill and 23rd Street. So I think I was going to go bike choice next. Is that where you're going, Chris? Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about that. So we talked about, uh, I think there was a 23rd Street um, climber's gambit maybe in the fall or early in mm -hmm. the spring or something. Um, and for that, I think I suggested actually going tt even though it's 10 percent uh you're you're going so fast at the beginning of it and it's really about maintaining your speed mm -hmm. um and i mean that's just one if you're if you're fast you know it's a 30 second sprint um i don't know if that's true right after you've done an all-out Libby as well. Um, but you could totally swap. I mean, there's that that would I consider yeah. entirely within the rules. Yep. But, so, if what would you ride on Libby? Correct. What 600 meters, 600 meters at 6.4% with pitches up above 10. I think it's more Tron than all-out Climber. But not much. TT. I think you're too slow once you hit the first turn to make so the TT well. work. But that first, I mean, this it, it is an interesting one because the first like few hundred meters are not that steep, right? Like that part before you get to the mm -hmm. the hairpins. Um, so you you're gaining time there uh, on a TT. But it does. I think. I think it's Tron. I think it's Tron too. It might be Tron the whole way. But yeah, I mean, I I don't I can't remember when we did Twenty Third Street. I know I did. Uh, um, I know I used the TT bike when we did it, but I can't remember if that turned out to be the right choice. I think. It was really hard to tell because the results were so close that yeah, you know, someone did thirty more watts, they beat you by point one second. Was that the bike? Was that yeah, the um, was that the power? Hard to say. So, but anyway, I mean, give it a try. Just change bikes. Let us know what you use. Looking at uh, times, um, just so you've got your benchmarks, um. And most of these are likely in um, likely in scratch races or CRL, like races where these, uh, you know, you've got draft. Mm -hmm. So add a few percent uh, to your time riding it alone. But uh, fastest A's, Dan Pedroza did a 56 seconds. <laughs> uh, reasonable A's in, somewhere in the low one minute range. Uh, Brent and Chris, so, you know, fast when they're fast in the Bs, uh, 114, 118. Uh, fast Cs somewhere in the like 125 to 130 range. And then Ds somewhere in the 145, 150 range for Libby. Uh, and again, probably 25, 20 to 25 seconds for the fastest on 23rd and uh, maybe 45 seconds for the slower, slower riders. 
Yeah, I did a, I did just, I mean, in terms of like slower, yeah, I did a 154 up 4.3 watts per kilo in a stampede once. So if you're like a CD, that might be what you're looking at. Cool. Yeah, go. Everybody, that's our, this is our non draft for the next four weeks is Climber's Gambit. So these combined times are super interesting, I think. It's really interesting racing. Okay, I'm back. What were we talking about? We're just talking about how fast you can get up uh, Libby Hill. Okay, cool. Not me personally, but we did talk about you personally too. But in general, we did we did talk about some others as well. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to proving you wrong. <clears throat> what did we settle on for bike choice? I was obviously having some issues, audio issues. We think Tron on Libby. Tron on Libby. Swap to TT. Yeah, Maybe. or you can use Tron both if you just don't want a bike swap. I think I think the difference between Tron and the TT on twenty third is going to be. I mean, it is going to be the whole race is going to be decided by fractions of a second. But so the yeah. reason, and this is this is the reason that we brought this up before, is that so my fastest time up twenty uh, third Street, even though it's nine percent. I average 22.3 miles an hour. So, and you're starting that at like 40, you know, 65-ish APH, maybe even 70 if you're on a, a TT bike. Um, so it, it is hard to pick between them. I don't think you're going to make a huge difference one way or the other, as always, like, it's going to come down to your legs a lot more than the bike on this, this short of an effort. Wouldn't, wouldn't a TT bike give you a faster speed at the start just because you go downhill until very close to the start of the segment? Yeah. So wouldn't that be faster than a, than a Tron? Yeah, it would, it would but it's going to be heavier on the back half when you slow down. Yeah. So, yeah, so my fastest time ever on this is actually in a climber's gambit. <laughs> so this is this is an effort that was on a TT bike, and uh, my starting speed was uh, thirty. Let me see, zoom out a little bit. Uh, about a little over forty miles an hour, right around forty. Uh, and dipped to 16 miles an hour. So you're still going like, and, and this was at, you know, I was still doing almost 10 watts a kilo at the top. Um, so you're still going fast enough that the arrow matters. Um, I, I I might switch to a TT bike for for the for 23rd, which is a weird thing to say, like. You know, hop onto a TT bike for the steeper climb. And nobody's averaged over. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong one. I'm just looking at Libby Hill. There we go. Uh, here we go. Nobody. Oh, Peggy did a 11.7. Man, oh man. I'm like way down the chart on this one. I. <laughs> Mark, Silvio, these guys all averaged over 12 for that, or 10. Doug Johnson, I don't even know who that is, did a 12.4. <laughs> for 25, 20 seconds, somewhere in there. 22, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... I don't think that people are going to be able to do quite the same numbers immediately after doing a... Uh, a Libby effort, but we'll see. Yeah, these are all like ZRL ones, and I suspect you target that um, climb. Well, they would have been coming after Libby's, right? In a ZRL. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, but I think so. I, I've definitely done ones where, uh, you know, maybe I got dropped and I was just riding with the group uh, on Libby and then did an all out effort. Just trying to get like the the FTS for the race on twenty third. Yeah, there's all kinds of reasons why they wouldn't have had 
full fatigue in their leg from Libby up sitting in the group, whatever, trying to break them on 23rd. Things happen. All right. And that brings us to Herd of Mountain Goats, which is Herd of Mountain Goats is a scratch race, which is usually uses a route that has some big dumb hills in it. And, and this week it's the big dumb hills are on Big Loop. Uh and um like I'm not sure where we're finishing. It might be the full uh the full course. Uh if it is the full course, it's an interesting uh it's an interesting route because the epic KOM is the climb. Uh it's epic forward, so it's the one that has the kind of rollers at the top. Um no radio tower, but you do epic KOM and then you descend and then there's another 20k of rolling to mostly flat. So I'm not sure where the finish will be on this. Um yeah, this yeah, one goes finish. through the jungle, isn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. Does usually the finish is at the top of a climb, but yeah, that's that's uh... been in the past, but last week was the full course was it? so okay. yeah mm-hmm. and i think matt said he wanted to change it to uh to use yeah normal finishes mm-hmm. and not uh not the, the top of the climbs anymore there you go so i mean it's a good always a good opportunity to go out and finish some big routes that you haven't finished before and uh you know it's scratch racing it's always you know you, you don't have to do the stuff on the segments you kind of just got to stick with the group on the climbs and then hopefully you're just cruising around to the finishes so good fun and i think uh before we move on to uh talk about bullseye i just want to ask you you uh put up a post about uh stampede uh including responding to me about uh doing a kilo with perhaps we can't I'm I'm advised by Zwift support that the shortest of Zwift, I can't remember if they said for sure race or event, but either way, a race in this case can't be shorter than two kilometers. So we're going to put a 1K and neon flats on the first one, but no, it will be um, 2K on neon flats for the first week. Bummer. We come back in September. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> I asked. Um, I think I've seen shorter races, but... I'm not sure it was. Was it just like yeah. a meetup or something that they called a race? No, it was. Uh, there, there has been a, a women's uh, ITT series, which did, I think, six really short ITTs back to back. And there were some really, really short courses. So, But I, I, had to, I have to check if it's less than 2K, but not sure. Mm. I'll get back to you. Yeah, I mean, maybe I just don't have the special oh, Swift yeah. sauce like some organizers <laughs> do, but um, that was the email feedback from... I mean, listen, the Swift support people have been really good to us in Stampede and stuff, so I have no complaints. I don't think they're pulling my chain if they don't have to. So, so yeah, Stampede, Stampede remains on hiatus. Another We'll come back for the weekend after Labor Day for us. Apparently, I didn't realize Labor Day was not a thing in Britain either, but in North America, Labor Day is the first Monday in September, so the next weekend after that, Stampede will be back, and we're going to go back to our 8 of 10 weeks, 100 points for the whole week stuff. I think we're going to get one Saturday time in there for you. Somebody asked for a Saturday. Maybe Wade or someone. Dennis, yeah. We're going to get one Saturday, so that'll Uh, help maybe some of the scheduling. What's the plan for? Are are we going to be running both Climbers Gambit and Stampede? Or we is Climbers Gambit going back on hiatus? Well, I think we might be going back to the traditional stuff because it doesn't use a league because I get WTRL for results, so it doesn't burn one of our league slots. So we will be able to run. Let's I'll say we will be able to run them both simultaneously if we want to. Got it. And that's kind of what I was thinking too. Like I, I'd like to provide a little bit more consistency um, for the climbers gambit folks. And especially as we get into fall and then winter, 
having some more race formats and more slots open for folks to hop into, I think would be good, but obviously we'll confirm that offline. And, yeah. Uh, let everyone know. Yeah. I think the kind of feedback has been like people who like climbers gambit, like climbers gambit and people who like stampede, like stampede. But you know, I think the climbers gambit ones are short enough and the, I, the stampede is going to be mostly shorter E TTs. Like we don't got nothing over about 16 change. So like you could like do a 20 minute TT and a, three minute climb like most of the climbers yeah. gamut stuff is so doing both doing both winter's coming back people will be coming back lots of racing will be coming back so yeah i think we'll be going back to more of that type of scheduling again probably <laughs> no promises uh bullseye, bullseye i'm i'm looking at the schedule am i is this right it looks like there is a it's it's also scheduled on London Classic. Uh but two weeks ago was also London Classic. I'm seeing Bell Lab. No, sorry, that's wrong. Nine six. That's uh classic, but yeah. There's two times classic in there. Yeah. Anyway, uh mm -hmm. that's what's on the list. So uh four laps, five sprints. Um, is what's is what's listed. Yeah, this this race will be okay. Uh, it it looks like uh, two weeks ago was actually on Volcano Circuit counterclockwise. So um, we're not doubling up Classic, other than the fact that we will have just done it in HSRL. Wait, isn't this week Volcano Circuit? Yeah, I'm seeing eight. If you go into the Wait, tab, I... it's eight twenty three is Volcano Circuit. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm. Okay. Yep. What are you doing, Sean? Well, the different tab, the two tabs have different <laughs> things in it. I think it's going to be Volcano Circuit. I think last week they did Bell Lap. I remember that being the one yeah. that they were on. So I think this week is Volcano Circuit. Six laps, oh, six I sprints. See. Yeah, they're different. Oh yeah, the the main schedule and the bullseye uh, schedule are different. But yeah, volcano circuit counterclockwise. What's which direction is that? That is the one. Is that... I think that's the not not the one with the ramp up out. It's when you start on top. Uh, yeah, it, like it looks like it. it's the one with the with the double uh, kick into the finish. Yeah. So the 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 more fun Correct. direction for bullseye, I would say. Yeah, it's, because uh... it's not just kind of wait for the sprint. You've got people who might go early, people who are sit trying trying to sit on as much as they can, and um... and this this race will be impacted even more with the new pack dynamics. Mm. Yeah, especially because it is first cross, you could yeah. get a break. Yeah, you you can really stick a break. Boy, on a bullseye, that would be some break, <laughs> especially in this route. Like if you made it, if you made that break, so it is. I've got this backwards. It is the one where you do go. You start from the bottom, and then you do the up, then you go across, and you do the finish uphill. That is the one. So, yeah, if you could make that break stick from the bottom outside the volcano all the way in, and then stick it for another however many kilometers whichever lap you're on that would be a move i i have seen it i haven't not in this course specifically i mean i have seen bullseye a couple guys do it usually they're overmatched the category frankly but you know you never know you never know let us know if you try it post in the comments everybody wants to hear a good story about panache <laughs> And that is it for the week in herd racing. In case we're late getting it up next week, HSRL is Grand Central Circuit Reverse. Oh, that's got a bunch of weird hills in it. Be ready for that one. And it's New York, so. <laughs> well, yeah, and not just the, oh, that it's got the, the glass New York KOM. Yeah. Yeah, KOM uh, I try to get a one race with like hill repeats every in every schedule. Good. And okay. this is that one, like uh, Neokyo, uh, the 
Four laps. Uh, rooftop rendezvous. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit less laps, but uh, it's. I think it's. Uh, it will be a hard one. Yeah, this, this is a harder climb than the uh, than the Yokio climb. So I'm just gonna stop eating for the next week if I'm gonna do that one. <laughs> four sprints, four climbs. Oh yeah. my gosh. I'm unfortunately out of town, so I, I won't have to do this one. I'm gonna wash my hair, feed the hog. <laughs> I'm on I'm on holiday. All right. I'm not catching COVID. <laughs> uh with, with our little brief digression into um TD, let's uh Oh, before so the next week's uh, herd beginner racing is on TikTok. Right. Sorry, so. the, the classic TikTok. Yes. Yeah. So desert up, down through the ocean stuff. Finish downtown. Yep. Yep. All right. With that little digression previously into Pack Dynamics four point one, let's. Um, I guess our around the horn is going to be that Pack Dynamics four point one will be live in everything. It like it is now, right? The last update put it live in everybody. So. Uh, no. By Sunday, I think. By yeah. Sunday, so okay. it's it's live or in Monday. McCurry, uh, currently, but um, it will be on for everything, starting Sunday. Yeah, and so this this will also be an excuse for Brent to talk about ladder racing because we did ladder racing in McCurry on Wednesday, the herd of cobras. We raced some Swedish team, and um, you know we did a pre scout. They were mostly short short duration big watt guys sprinters and one minute guys and we were like were um, overmatched them at least in like five to 20 minute stuff so we we were on neon flats i think or the cameras neon flats are all nighter but one that just goes all around the neo Geo flat stuff there was no hills or anything in it um and uh the strategy was like just attack and attack and attack and attack and attack till we got breakaways and we attacked and we dropped two of them in the first three kilometers give or take so then we were like five on three essentially and then we kind of took a breath regathered attacked again and then um probably about halfway through the race brian got off like he got off the front and broke away all the way and he made that breakaway stick all the way to the end it looked like they were going to maybe claw back at one point but um i think they ran out of gas they just couldn't get there in time so and, and brian's a super strong rider too so you know in terms of pack dynamic stuff i mean it worked smaller group right like we ended up being a group of um without brian would have been seven of us right three of them and four of us against brian of the front and you know only three of them them doing work the rest of us weren't doing work once we made that once brian had got that break to stick so um you know it was it did feel more doable it felt like you had to be on the front going for it to get there and it felt like the attacks worked better like i'd say that's the other part of it is it feels like the the string snaps sooner if that makes sense like when you attack like that guy's got to be close or else you're going to get dropped so yeah, yeah it's you, good. It's good fun. you can sit in the pack and do like uh two two and a half watts per kilo and and just wait for the pack to roll back to the rider that has attacked you the, the front of the pack really has to match the power of the rider at the front that has attacked yeah which so, is uh, you which is really what we're hoping for right is that that like the the group has to work that that's the fun part about racing is is the like break off the front see if you can hold it uh make everyone else work and especially i think in in ladder racing uh it is it is team dynamics so there is like who's willing to actually do the work because if you don't then you're you're giving you're giving it away but then you know you've got four people sitting in that group just waiting like if they do pull back you can counterattack what it gives i mean the other part of it that i like is is it really incents you to counter right like in 
or, or, or chase, like not let the guy go off the front. Like in so much of other scratch races I've done, like a guy goes off the front you just let him go because dude's not going to be able to beat this group of 10 or 20 riders over any distance. that's over like a kilometer long. So you don't bother chasing. Whereas in this is like, if you see an attack go, you got to either like cover or you got to be pretty confident you're, he's not going to make it because if it gets to that, like four five, six seconds, it's not automatically coming back. Like it sort of just does and under the old system essentially. So yeah, you got to be a lot more honest about your efforts. I think, I mean, they felt that too. Like as we got later in the race after Brian was away, they sent a guy who attacked a couple of times and Lee and I had to like cover it to like stay on him or he would have been for sure away from us. He did still end up finishing second because he could also sprint like a mofo. But <laughs> but we did we did end up winning the race. I will say because we ended up Brian in first. They got the next two places, and then we got like fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh all together or something like that. So we ended up winning the race. Uh, the ladder racing is super fun, though. I mean, the tactics, the team dynamics, like it's all it's very different than even ZRL and stuff. I mean, in ZRL, there's some stuff, but it's impossible to kind of, it's too many teams, right. To really like make the team dynamics work really well. Like it's hard to like really lead out. It's hard to attack because there's so many extra bodies that are doing other weird things in it. But in one-on-one, like I said, if your one guy gets away and you guys all lay off, all of a sudden you really notice it's like, uh Oh, that if we want to win this, we better start pedaling hard. And whether you can make it or not is entirely up to your fitness. It's tough. I could see uh, steering, especially becoming more to the forefront in ladder racing as well, when you can coordinate placement on the road, be very deliberate with that and just your five riders. All right. how, how many of your team are working with steering at this point versus uh, Lee, one guy I've had it for sure because he, he said that he wasn't like he had veered off to try and get guys um off his wheel at the end i think might have been lee Goller, but i think he might have been the only one okay using a he said he was using a sturzo so um yeah, there are so, certain courses and certain points in courses where steering is really helpful to get a gap or uh, get an attack in and, and just create a little bit of a, a gap um, because you can take the, the insights of the corners. Uh, I did a Neokio onladder uh, race uh, two weeks ago. Uh, I did it twice and both times I attacked on the, uh, on the rooftop com and I just uh i could take all lines where no one could follow me if they didn't have steering so the mm. first time i had someone else who had steering with me um who who was able to follow and the second time no one else had steering and and couldn't no one couldn't follow so i could make a like 20 second gap on the on the rooftop com and what uh like just a curiosity like, how do you when you say i know they had steering like is there a thing that shows up that tells you or just you can tell by the way they're following you around the road yeah there's there's a little icon um uh, like where there's also if they're using companion app or um yep. if they're free riding and you're or if you're free riding and or in a workout you can see they're in the workout yeah, I'm, fam I'm familiar with the one when they're on companion app or workout or all that kind of stuff. I had not, uh, yeah, it's I had like not a noticed little the steering one. Steering yeah. wheel. Okay. Well, now I want to go back and like look at the stream and see who it was that was using steering in our race. Uh, I noticed uh, pack dynamics in HSRL today, with um, especially when the B group came through. Like having the split happening uh, as we get into like the last like 2K lead into the finish, there were definitely groups on the road scattered throughout that. And you could see uh, who was having to work and how those gaps were affected by groups working or flip side, not working at all. 
and I think it just adds like a little, it adds a mental element of strategy as you get into racecraft with this that did not exist before. Before it was like, yeah, that you want to be with the most amount of riders because you'll get that washing machine effect and your pack speeds will be so high. But here you have to be very deliberate and where you lay out the power. It's maybe a little bit harder for me having to figure out where to deploy it, but it's so much more fun. Like it's more dynamic and it's more of a mental, um, mental game than it was before. And I like it. So thanks for including that Maryline on this one. Good to jump on that. And I think it's going to be great for, for racing. I know that's not a hot take. It's going to be good. Like, duh, but I like it. And Sean, you've been beating your shoe on the table for this since forever so yeah you must be super stoked to see this come to life right yeah i mean it's again i, I know i'm not the only one who who would like to see things that that do give incentive for more dynamic racing um and that like the bunch just you know the 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 blob just eating anything is not that right um and so we would end up with just everyone kind of hammering at you know the fastest people's tempo up to the slower riders like threshold until they start dropping off um on flat races that's kind of the way that the the races would go and then you get to the sprint and it's just who has whatever left. Um, even on flat races, I could see there's now going to be potential for more interesting things to happen. Doesn't mean that they will, but you could. Like France, right? Like everything in France, if you don't go over Petit KOM is just basically a blob fest or it was mm -hmm. until now. And now this opens up the opportunity for a motivated breakaway to get away and stay away. Yeah. Um, depending on the race format. And that was one thing where, um, like I was thinking in HSRL, maybe having the new pack dynamics doesn't matter as much because people, again, if they know the rules, maybe not going for a breakaway, maybe most people tuck back in, which is what happened anyway. But yeah, you get to that finishing point and that's where you get consideration for breaks and splits and yeah group two and all that stuff to come into play so super fun i like it there are like i've done uh hsrl races recently where uh and this, i think there was one of a couple months ago where we got to about 2k out and i i attacked um it was in richmond and i attacked and got a few seconds uh and was doing more power than the group behind and they pulled me back anyway uh and i i think this was one where it's like i this would have worked with <laughs> with the pack dynamics being different because they they came around me with like 200 meters to go uh and with them not working in that way like i could have could have made that stick yeah, I think the only thing that's going to make me angry about it is even more so when we're doing the chase, I'm going to be like giving guys like the like, come around me, you quit sitting back there, you jerk. Like, let's well, that's, work together. <laughs> right, but that's the whole, like, that's the interesting part of it all is like, if you attack with, you know, if you, if you do an attack with one to 2k to go and you get separation, who who is going to want to do the work to get you back? The in that in that situation, the the smartest thing to do for a lot of the like for riders that think they could win might actually be to attack across to you, try and bridge rather than pull the group. Yeah, you'll see. You also see a lot more. Uh, not like before, it but it stayed a blob, and now it's more like a, a long line. And if someone, yeah, the, the line snaps some at some point. So you want to be at a good, uh, the good spot uh, before the the place where it snaps. 
Mm. So that's that's also different dynamic and uh yeah you you'll you'll see more more breaks and more little groups probably uh created in the in the races. Yeah, yeah it's gonna I, make bowsering less effective. I was just gonna say, <laughs> like the way that I ride doesn't necessarily work great for for this, uh, because I I do like to just sit at the back. Um I think that they're that is still going to be super effective when think when the race is not on. Mm -hmm. Um, but when things start getting hard, you actually are probably going to be wanting to fight for, for position, um, which is not a thing that I have tended to do, uh, before now. Uh, like if, if I, I did a Innsbruck ring race <laughs> two weeks ago, which wasn't spec dynamics 4.1. But um, before the leg snapper, you don't want to be at the back of the pack if it's like it was like a 40, 40 people pack. So you don't want to be at the back, but that's going to be even more important now with 4.1. Yeah. The other thing I noticed um, on the flip side of attacking was bridging up to a small group. That had gone off the front. So case in point, everybody goes for the sprint. Um, I am not the fastest in a straight line on a flat road. And I had to catch back up on the red roads after, like leading up to that U-turn. And it was easier to get up doing steadily slightly more power than that small group because they didn't have that high, you know, washing machine blob speed. So I think it provides a little bit more real world motivation to be able to catch back on in those instances. Again, you're, you're in the drops, like you're attacking, quote unquote, so you have a lower CDA uh, and you can make up that ground or that that's that distance on the road a little bit easier. Hmm. Just something I noticed from today. Yeah, that's the same with um, uh, if you if, if the B pack rolls over the C pack. Uh, yeah. That's that's starting to be harder uh, because you, if if you're catched uh, as a rider, you have to do more power to latch on to the other, uh, to the other group. But on the other side, if you're dropped and and on a ten second gap, it's easier to to bridge and to get back on. Are the little red flashy numbers still going to be part of PD four point one? I didn't notice uh, it in my. So uh, they may still happen, um, but they are much less likely. And that that is not the thing that is um, really driving the dynamics now. Um, yeah. I think it was only on for racing, but I'm not sh completely sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I it almost never happened to me. I'd have to be going like like very deliberately trying to stick to the back of a group before it ever, ever, ever showed up for me. Like I have to be like, usually like under a hundred Watts trying to sit there and it would kind of like, just give me the few little red flashes. It's like, Hey, you're not moving up. It's like, yeah, I know. Trying not to move up. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I can't remember whether they took that out completely or not. Um, but I think the, the most important bits are of of how it works currently um in 4.1 um are number one that uh you can't pass a rider that is not in the draft so so the first rider so say you're in their draft you can't pass them unless you are doing enough watts yourself to be doing the speed, like a faster speed than they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so essentially putting you in the wind for like, is is how you can think of that. Yep. Um, and then two, uh, there's a change in the, uh, in your CDA, depending on in your, in, in essentially how much aero drag you are experiencing, depending on what situation you're in. So when you are in the draft, you actually have higher drag. Um, so it, it actually kind of matches what happens to your avatar. Uh, when you're in the draft, you sit up, right? 
Um, and when you go off the front, you get into the drops. Um, so now that is actually um, reflected in your arrow drag. Um, and then finally, they've they've made some changes to the shape and size uh, and strength of the draft cone behind a rider. But um, so I think that the cone is a little narrower and longer. Um, but yeah, well, that was certainly something. Well, and and it it moves you around. I mean, maybe this is also part of the steering. So I checked that thing, and three of the Swedish guys and Brian had steering in that race that we were on the ladder. Um, but yeah, I, I like you certainly feel like you're in the wind more, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're not just sitting around behind guys, you get pushed out and then like you feel that you're not in the draft and you gotta like either kind of maneuver yourself through going harder, easier to slide into a slot and stuff to stay in the draft cone. You, you certainly, I did notice that for sure in the pack dynamics. I noticed that today too, in HSRL, especially like getting pushed out. And does, I mean, question for the group here, does steering allow you to really cement your place, your position on the road in the draft? Or does it continue to kind of rotate you out, but you can kick yourself back in? Any idea? Yeah. Um, uh, what, what I found for the best tactics with steering is especially in, in smaller groups um, is that I don't steer if we, if there's nothing happening, nothing special happening. And it's, it's keeps you on one track. Okay. Um, and if you place yourself in the middle of the group, usually in my case, that's at the back of the group and just follow uh, it's, it stays there and it doesn't steer you out. Um, but it's harder to steer in, in things like sprints or, or those kind of things because if you steer out of the group, you're you're not in the draft, so you're going slower. But if you're in the group and you do have drafts, um, but you can you can't ride through other riders, so it's it's a bit tricky oh, to really get it get it get it right. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, the whole gameplay situation will be, I mean, we won't get into all this, we'll say it another day, but with the UCI announcement this week, will be very, very interesting how that all shakes out in the future. But um, the the only other thing I was to go off script on this is um, I did the climb portal on Crow Crow Road, Crow Hill. Yeah, Crow Road. This week. Did any, has any of you guys written that yet? I did it a couple yeah. days ago, yeah. That would be the best race finish in a climby race, like a a climby ish type of race. I was riding, I'm like, oh, I would race this because it's like it's got like a steep start, and then it kind of like levels off a bit towards the top, and then just a few little bumps as you get to the top. So like it would really be about, you know, could you break guys enough and then hold it across this like flatter bit, or would the group chase you from behind? Like, you know, had all the normal weird taco chip graphics, but um. In terms of like a like a race dynamic, something it's something that we don't really have in Zwift, right? Like a medium length, like it's kind of like a yeah, it's seven k. Yeah, the whole thing was about twenty minutes for me at like yeah. not riding very hard. Um, but like that first steep bit is like kind of like a three to six to seven minute like kind of bit, and then you know another ten minutes of flatterish stuff after that. So like that would be a very like we don't I can't think of anything that's like that right now in Zwift where it's like a climb and then a plateau that's like medium like flat to low grade type right stuff. i mean that the last it's the last one and a half k of it are probably at one to two percent like yeah average um yeah it's well, there's a, like 2.5s 2.3s before that so yeah it would be a very very interesting race dynamic i think i know we're not quite there yet but yeah no i'm i'm actually and i don't know maybe uh, Chris, you'll you'll have info on this, but uh, I would be interested in knowing whether and when uh, the climb portal stuff is a, is usable in events and whether and how. Um, yeah, I don't have any info on that. 
The answer is not yet. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Potentially sometime in the future. But that's all the info. Yeah. Generally, I don't have info on anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that one in particular. I, I, usually I just... think that, that has come up with, uh, with with James in the hill climb chats. And it's just, it's not available at this time. We don't, we don't, we don't have any TA on that. It's like the downhill pens from the top of Alp or top of Ventop. Top. It's there. You can see it, but you just can't touch it. <laughs> but maybe I think on that note, we will say thank you to Chris Greenland. Thank you to Maryland of Lager. Thank you to Sean Fogenberg. Enjoy your races this weekend, everybody. Moo and good night. All right. Thanks. Mm -hmm.